I'm Beth. And I'm Jamie. Welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast. Where I pick the podcast. And I shut my cake hole. That's horrifying. Thank you. <laughs> and on today's episode, we are going to be discussing the 12th episode of the second season of Supernatural titled Night Shifter. Jamie, what did you think? Uh, head empty, no thoughts. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's <laughs> grinning a lot. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, it just it means that I don't know where to start. Oh, no, actually, I know exactly where to start. Mm-hmm. The Mandroid. The Mandroid. The Mandroid. I love Ron. He literally <laughs> used, like, they used, like, a picture from Doctor Who, though. Yeah, I was looking at that. I was like, surely that is, that's exactly what Doctor, it literally says Cyberman on it. Yeah. Like, it has to be from actual Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. We're getting so close to Super Who Lock here. <laughs> but no, like, he's, like, Mandroid, and it's literally a picture of, of a Cyber the Cyberman from Doctor Who. Yeah. Literally says Cyberman. I know. Like, I love Ron so much. I think in another universe, he and Dean would have been best friends. Yeah, Mandroid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The other thing I loved about his introduction is Dean's face as Sam is telling him the truth. I know. Quotation marks around that. Right? Sam burst his bubble so hard. And Dean was like sitting there like, I thought you were going to, I thought we were bringing him into the loop. (laughs) I feel so bad for Ron. Like, and the thing is, he built a really good case. Like, the only thing he really had wrong was that he kept saying it was a mandroid. Yeah, he blamed technology rather than, like, the supernatural. Yeah. And that was really the only criticism that they could give of, like, he had figured out, like, he tracked it. Like, he knew that, like, these were the locations it was hitting. He'd figure out how it was casing the joint. He'd figured out, like, all of these things. He worked out that it was, like, changing forms and shapes. And that's, like, the mechanism through which it was working out. Uh Uh-huh. And, like, he made uh, the really interesting comment about how when he let his friend Juan into the bank, he was like, it wasn't Juan. He was like, it was, he was too perfect. Yeah. He wasn't, like. Had none of the, like. Discrepancies that yeah. make you know one one like yeah exactly and I was like that's so like interesting that he picked that up you know and he had genuinely built like he's got like his whole wall full of like conspiracies which and... I approve of this conspiracy wall because he's done it in his own home in his own home he hasn't exactly. done enough hotel it's not a motel it's not like putting holes in the walls that then the motel workers have to fix yeah like. Yeah, no, he'd done a he's, good, like he'd done a genuinely good job, and even Dean says in the episode he's like he's you know he he's, did he's done good the legwork he's done like, the legwork yeah, um, and to be honest, like they've told people about the supernatural for less. Like I feel so bad for this guy. Like he's and then he dies anyway. So I know, and that's so upsetting. I love Ron, considering the whole point of like Sam not bringing him into the loop was like. To protect him. To protect him. And then it's like, actually, you probably would have been better telling him yeah. straight up. Like, if you had brought him into the loop and said, this is what it is, this is what it does, this is what we are going to do about it, you were not insane. Yeah. We have got this situation under control. Yeah, exactly. They could have at least talked him out of staging a bank robbery. Exactly. Although, Sorry, I, this, this is, is not, not a robbery. robbery. Yeah, specifically. Um, 
And actually, I just want to point out, I took a note of a quote that Sam said, which was, better to stay in the dark and stay alive. My comment on that is, sounds pretty John of you, Sam. See, because I also noticed this, but I kind of agree with Sam. Because Mm. this is what we were talking about a few episodes back of, it is all or nothing. Yeah. So they are choosing the nothing option for him. That's true. Which theoretically works. True. The issue is they didn't realise how much he'd already got it inside of his head. Because they don't know him. Yeah, because I would agree with you. Whereas John does sort of like a weird midway point where they know some things Mm. because they already know some things. But instead of just giving him all of it, he gives them nothing. But they've already got something, so it's not them in the dark because they still know stuff. Like, they are not truly ignorant. Yeah. So, like, they are not safe because they are not truly ignorant, but they're also not safe because they know what's happening. Like, it's the weird middle ground, whereas Sam misguidedly thought that he wasn't sure enough that him getting told, like, nothing weird is happening here would dissuade him. Whereas he just sort of miscalculated and didn't realise that... How invested Ron was. He was more invested than he thought and that him saying there's nothing there would be enough to dissuade him from Um, taking it further. I do do really love this episode for a number of reasons. And I do want to quickly point out it was written by Ben Edlund. Mm. Um, Ben Edlund also wrote Simon Said. Mm. Um, I think that was his first episode. And he is one of those writers who, when I see his name, I'm like, oh, this will be a good episode. Um, So I just thought, just worth noting for you who doesn't necessarily know the writers by name, Ben Edlund is definitely one of those names where if you see it, assume that it will probably be a higher caliber episode. It's a bit like the opposite of... um... Buck Lemming? Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, There are so many things I love about this episode. Ron is one of them. Yeah. Yeah. and I, I do agree with you on the point of, like, he Sam's clearly gone, well, you don't know anything yet. I'll mark you as a civilian and I'll keep you in the dark for your safety. Yeah. However, I think that he had put so much together that I feel like you're right. Like, I think yeah. it's a misjudgment. Like, I think yeah. he should have probably just given him the missing link yeah. instead of just trying to yeah. gaslight him into, like, none of it is true. Yeah. Because... I think that maybe was the thing that actually tipped him over the edge yeah. into being like, well, if no one is going to believe me, then I'm just going to do it myself. Mm. Um, and if they had just told him the truth, then they could have like formed a plan with him yeah. and like given him a a role so that he felt that he was doing something, he was helping, he was involved, but one that also kept his involvement to a minimum yeah. to minimize the risk that he would be in. Because like you said, like, unfortunately in his misguided attempt to stop the shifter, he ends up dying, which is... Um, Not the outcome. Very upsetting, yeah. really, because he was genuinely a good person trying to help. He just didn't have the training that Sam and Dean have or the information that Sam and Dean yeah. have um, or the coordinated tactical skills yeah. that they have. And so it was just poorly executed, like good intentions... Poorly executed. And I think that's the thing. Like, I think Sam made the right choice in another universe. Mm. In this universe, Ron knows too much. That's not going to convince him to give up. Yeah. But there is a version of events where 
Ron is less sure of what he knows and that is enough to dissuade him. Yeah. You know, so it's like he just, he made the wrong call. Yeah. Full stop. Like, he made a mistake. He is human. He is allowed to do that. Like, I mean, I know he's not human, but like, you know what I mean? Like, Ron. (laughs) Ron's human. No, no, I mean, uh, Sam. Oh. Sam is human. He's allowed to make a mistake. But yeah. he's not really human because he's a char- fictional character in a TV oh, okay. show. Oh, okay. I was like, I was like, wait, at what point was Ron not a human? I was like, wait a minute, what did I miss? No, Ron's the shifter now, okay? Okay, sure. It is just a moment that shows, like, they're not perfect. They don't always make the best call. Yeah, they're but definitely also, not infallible. This is an episode that really shows their competence. Yeah, it really does. Like, I find it funny because, like, immediately Sam's, like, lies uh, which is actually really interesting because I remember in um season one we were talking about how Sam was kind of like very willing to just tell everyone the truth yeah and then this season he's like well I'm gonna lie to this guy like outright lie to him gaslight him into thinking he's insane and it's immediately gonna bite me in the ass when this guy does not want to interact with me at all in this very serious life or death situation and we finally finally get an incredible example of Dean actually being able to talk to people. Like, he actually is able to have a rational discussion with Ron. He's able to diffuse the situation. He takes charge. He's taking control. He's working through the scenario, which is a batshit scenario. Like, it is worst case. Yeah. Uh, But he's working through it, and he's staying calm, and he's the, like, you know, the voice of reason... He's recognising that Ron is a part of this now. There's no getting Ron out of it. No. But how can we get everyone out here alive and without being arrested? (laughs) You know, like... And without the shifter just, like, killing their way through mm. all of the hostages. Yeah, exactly. And I think one of the things that is really, really nice about Dean speaking to Ron the way he did and actually letting him know, like, look, you're right. Like, that's why we're here. Like, you're right. There is something here. Like, you know, we're going to take it down. And he explains, you know, no, it's not a mandroid. Like, it's not a mandroid. It's it's a shifter. And, like, this is... He literally says, like, you got pretty well everything right except for this bit. Yeah, exactly. And he gives him that context. And Ron is so cute. He's, like, so validated. And he's, like, chuffed. He's, like, yeah. I knew I wasn't crazy. Like, I knew I was right. Like, I knew that there was something else going on. And Except Dean, for the mandroid bit. Except for the mandroid, which he then is like, you know, thank you for clearing that up, by yeah. the way. You know, but he has that validation and he feels so, like, good about himself. And, you know, and it's it's really nice to just see, you know, but he's such a fun character. And just, like, the little bits where it's just like, Ron. Get out of the light, man. Like, come on, bro. Like, think about... As smart as he is piecing this entire puzzle together, he's also so dumb about the realities of, like, being in that situation. And, like, being in the light means that the cops can see you, which means they still think he's a bank robber. Exactly. They are going to take the shot. And he's there with his gun. And and even... um, It's funny, like... Dean's like, oh, you know, they must have cut the power. And Ron's like, who? And he's like, the cops. <laughs> Ron's like, the cops? Like, he didn't he didn't think yeah. this far ahead. Yeah. And it really does highlight, like you said, like, the competency of Sam and Dean. Like, they're so aware of what the police must be thinking, thinking and doing. doing. And um, even uh, Dean says at the start of the episode, like, friggin' cops. And Sam's like, oh, they're just doing their jobs. He's like, no, they're doing our jobs, only they don't know they're doing our jobs, which means they suck. <laughs> You know, and 
it's it's yeah it's very um it's very fun i do also love the continuity of their police records yeah to speak about their police records henrickson i've heard that name yes in relation to supernatural i'm so excited i wrote henrickson in all caps in i'm my going notes. to assume he comes back yes. at a later date especially considering he is literally hunting down Sam and Dean. Like, that, that seems to be, like, what his focus is as law enforcement. I love Henriksen. Like, it's literally... Yeah, you're, you're right. So he's, like, essentially the head of, like, a, a manhunt for the Winchesters because they just keep fucking cropping up. Dean's supposedly dead. Now he's on the news. Like, you know... Dean's supposedly dead. He's now on the no- news. He also basically has been found guilty of murder. Yeah. Like, because of... The shifter in skin. Yeah. He also is now involved in a bank robbery. Yeah. They've also got countless amounts of, like, grave robbing and mm-hmm. desecration charges mm-hmm. against them. Yeah. Like, he's also shown up in all sorts of suspicious situations. Yeah. Like, and what's interesting is, like, now they're talking about John as well yeah. and, like, talking about, you know, he was shady into something. I don't know if yeah. he was, like, white supremacist, nut job or what. And, like, yeah. you know, it's, it's funny because we've not up to this point we've had them interact with law enforcement yeah but never to this no never with someone who genuinely knows well not gen but like he's knows the history like yeah you know like in the usual suspects Mm -hmm. they are like they're like oh like this is all really fishy like we know where you went to school school, sam Sam. like yeah (laughs) they know stuff about them yeah. But they don't know jack shit about them. Yeah. Like, they haven't put any of the clues together. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, Henriksen clearly knows, A, the stuff they've been, like, genuinely connected with. Mm-hmm. But also, like, you get the vibe that he's, like, okay, here are all these crimes. Yeah. That they haven't genuinely been connected to. But it's kind of sus that they were in the same area. Yeah. As these crimes were being committed. Yeah. And also, like, their childhood and their upbringing. Yeah. And, like, it's interesting, like, they've clearly done, like, in-depth research. And, and it's not just that. They talk about, like, John's back... Yeah. Backstory, John's his military history, history with the military and the Navy. And they're also talking about how, like, Sam and Dean clearly have, like, paramilitary training. Yes. I love that they explicitly talk about how they're like, no, you cannot underestimate these guys. They are too good. Like, they will get out of this somehow. You will never see it coming. And then, and they, then don't. they do. Like, the guy, they, they get out of it. And yep. I, I love, I love when Henriksen is like, you will, like, tear this apart. You will go through the routers. And the guy's like, I don't think that's necessary. And he's like, and why not? <laughs> and they find the two SWAT team members, like, stripped, stripped and, and handcuffed. And stolen. Yeah. You know, and it's like, you know, and Henriksen's just standing there like, that seems about fucking right and you know how infuriating must it be for him yeah. to be like we had them in a building surrounded by a SWAT team and media and they still got away like fuck you know and it's very refreshing to have like I don't know like a lot of the monsters and stuff seem to act or even like the police and like the usual suspects yeah. act like oh we've got you like there's nothing yeah. you can do to get out of this it's really nice to finally have Henriksen as a character who's like almost respects them yeah. as like well, at worthy least he adversaries, you know. Underestimate them. Like yeah. the cops and the user of suspects 
Sam straight up escapes. I know. <laughs> I know. They like, just and, leave him alone. And there's also <laughs> the implication of, like, he could have escaped at any, any time. Like, he chose to be there. Like, yeah. he chose to be, like, because you've got to assume there had been, like, a five-minute stretch of time where he'd been left alone previously. Like, yeah. Like, that's all it took him. Like, they left him alone for, like, five, ten minutes and he was gone. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's such a nice change of pace to have the law enforcement like not underestimate them and actually be like viable threat yeah you know like and be like oh and knowing that Henriksen is like now following them it's like okay so until this plot line is resolved we have to assume that at all times Henriksen could just show up yeah and make their lives so much more difficult Mm. and that's like a nice like, you have the looming threat of, like, the overarching plot already kind of sitting there, but having this, like, lower stakes but not really lower stakes, like, additional threat. Yeah. Is like, it- it's low stakes in comparison, but, like, yeah. in reality, it is not low stakes. No, and especially, like, if Dean gets arrested and put into prison and then Sam's, like, left to his own devices with this other arching plot that we don't know anything about, like... But we, we know, know that it's potentially turning psychic children evil. Yeah. Like... You know, you don't really want the idea of Sam being on his own. So it's, like, this whole extra, like, threat. Yeah. And I also – I just – I really love – and I'm – unfortunately, they do kind of drop the ball on this in later seasons. But I love that there is continuity and repercussions of their involvement in so many crimes. Yeah. Like, because they could quite easily just be like, and then we never worried about it again. Like, they didn't have to keep this after skin. They could have been like, yeah, Dean's dead. And then yeah. just not brought it up. And then nobody ever spotted the resemblance again. Like, no, everyone just sort of forgot about the case because yeah. it was, like, not... Because TV like, magic. Yeah. yeah. But also, like, it's sort of, like, there's a reason that the re- we fixate on, like, true crime stories that are unsolved. Yeah. And not true crime stories that have, like, a clear-cut answer. Yeah, exactly. You know, so it's, like... It's so... that They could have gone the way of, like, oh, well... They framed Dean for it. They know the answer. No one really thought about it again. It was like, what, three murders in St. Louis committed by one dude who then died in a police shooter. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, end of story. Mm. I genuinely really appreciate the continuity of the police records. I think that it it's really – it adds an extra element mm. of, like, realism to the scenario because it's like, oh, there are consequences for their actions that aren't just supernatural consequences. There are real life consequences. Like you could be put in prison for murdering people, you know? And I think that just, it adds something extra because they could have gotten away with never introducing that as, as, you know, a threat. Yeah. Um, But the fact that now it's like the FBI is chasing them. I just, I think it's a real, real fun. And Henriksen, I think, is a fantastic character. I think he's played phenomenally. And he has such great chemistry with, like, as characters between, we haven't really seen him interact with Sam, but, like, even just the phone call he had with Dean in this episode, he's just no-nonsense, straight to the point. He isn't taking Dean's shit for one second. But also Dean is the type of character who isn't going to take his shit. So they have a very bantery, like... Yeah relationship and they both think that they're in the right and they're both right and it's you know but they're also both simultaneously wrong yeah but like Henriksen only has half the information and it's it's so it's such a good 
character. Henriksen is such a good character. And I'm really excited for I was so excited when I realized that you were going to meet him because I've been hanging for this. Um, and I think you're going to really like him as we see more. Speaking of um, law enforcement, I realized watching this when um, Ron asked to see their badges. Yeah. If someone showed me a badge... I wouldn't know if it was real or fake. I would have no like, frame have of reference. Like, it would have to be really fake looking to, yeah. for me like, to clock it. Like, it would have to look like a 50 cent, like, from a costume store badge. Like, it would need to be plastic. Party City Wing badge. Exactly. It would need to be so abhorrently fake for me to notice. I Like, if someone came to my door and was just like, hello, I'm a police officer, I'd be like, okay, what do you want to know? <laughs> like, I don't think... Like, I can't even fathom even asking to see someone's badge. That just seems... Like, because I wouldn't be able to tell. Like, it would give me no other information. And the worst thing is, like, there's no, like, time limit on cops. Like, I've been questioned about something at, like, 6pm on a Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, even if they showed up at, like, some ridiculous hour, hour. you can't be like, well, this is outside business hours. Business hours, hours so yeah. you're not a real cop. It's like... Yeah. It's not like a park ranger where if they showed up at like <laughs> 7 o'clock at night, it's weird. Cops don't really have like standard business hours, so it's like they can show up sort of any time. Yeah. But no, I think honestly I would just accept that whoever was standing in front of me was who they said they were. Yeah. Unless they gave me reasonable doubt. Yeah. Like, and that's probably maybe not the best approach. No. <laughs> but like, I don't know. I Like, how would I fucking know? How would I? I wouldn't. Anyway, I just that was just a thing that I thought. Yeah. Was I was like, oh no, I would be useless in that scenario. Yeah. Okay. Why do they split up again? Okay. In the, they should have learned their lesson the first time. In this instance, I do think it made sense for them to split up because someone had to babysit Ron and someone had to go do the actual things. <laughs> like, can you imagine? Trying to have that fight. Like, Ron couldn't even, like, he, uh, did you, the phone call that Ron has with the police, he's like, demands? No, I don't have demands. <laughs> and poor Sam is trying to, like, hang the fucking phone up. And he's trying to deal with the people in the vault, and you can just hear Ron in the background, like, straight up, just like, la la la. And he's like, for fuck's sake, like, can you imagine if they were trying to have a fight with the shifter? And Ron's just like, vibing like it would <laughs> but also like they've dealt with a shifter before and they split up and it bit them in the ass because now dean is a wanted serial fucking killer yeah i know it's uh like dean you know better last time you split up you got framed for murder i know you'd think that they would have at least left dean with ron but i do think it's funnier that they left sam because sam hated it <laughs> And I loved it after, like, the whole thing of, like, Sam being, like, kind of unnecessarily rude to him, to then um, Ron being like, I don't like you, and then to, like, Sam being like, hey, Ron. Like, it's just so funny to me. Like, the the arc of their relationship in this one 40-minute episode. Just a weird choice for me for the characters. Like, to split up. Yeah. Like, last time you split up, Dean literally got framed for murder, and that's one of the reasons this is anywhere near as bad as it is. Because, mm. like, even if the FBI was, like, kind of keeping tabs on the Winchesters beforehand, you can't tell me that it wasn't Dean Winchester getting framed for murder 
showing up dead and then showing up alive again. Yeah. Is, like, that would have to be one of the major reasons that the FBI's really looking at them now. How, you know what I mean? How many times do you reckon that one shifter's body was exhumed? Like, <laughs> to, like, rerun DNA and to, like, recheck, like, Definitely Dean Winchester. Recheck the dental records. Like, at this point, I think he's probably just permanently in a morgue. Oh, one thing that I wanted to ask you about. First of all, we get to see the shifter skin again, which is yeah. just like bleh, inducing. And Ron touches it, and I'm like, "Oh, don't pick that up!" It's and he's like, "Wow, it's so lifelike." And I'm like, "Ron, <laughs> mm, not good." Um, but we talked about in skin uh, about how the shifter not only adopts the physical appearance, but also the memories and like yeah. the mentality of the person they're impersonating. Um, and we talked about how they had to keep their victims alive mm. to maintain the psychic link. But in this episode, a lot of them are dead. Yeah. So I think what the shifter may have been doing is when it wasn't being hunted, it was keeping them like alive and captive in their own homes, pulling off the robbery and then mm. framing them by making them commit suicide. Well, quote-unquote. Quote-unquote commits. Like making it look like they committed suicide. Yeah. I think that's sort of, like, what it was doing. And the reason Which that is, it was... Which I think Ron says as much. Mm. Yeah. And I think the reason that it was no longer... Like, it was killing... The, like, taking their form and then killing them was because it was less important to maintain the psychic link in the, like... Context? Context in the bank robbery no one really scenario. knows. No one yeah. really knows each other. No one really knows what they're going to be like in this situation. And I think they probably would have gotten enough information from the psychic link when they first morphed to be able to maintain the maintain image. the image. But they also didn't want a second one of them running around in the bank robbery scenario because that that's an immediate tip off that at least one of them is is a shifter. Yeah. Um, I wanted to know what you thought about the uh, shifter pretending to be the corpse. Smart plan. Yeah, because I thought it was quite clever. Yeah. Um, it did immediately backfire when the real person just passed out. Yeah. But I thought it was quite... You're not going to try and kill something that looks like it's already dead. Yeah, and also I think that like from an audience perspective, you see the dead body and you auto-assume that... Oh, it's the same thing again where it's, like, killed the person, like, taken the form, killed the person, yeah. and now it's running around as them. Yeah, and it's like, you know, it makes sense because we've seen this character a couple of times through the episode. Like, it makes sense that then they would be one of the people who the shifter... Because you have to think about, okay, well, when did they become that person in which scene? And then you find out that the shifter... No. Yeah, it's just pretending to be the dead version so that they'll kill her and then assume that... They the dead both version died is just, yeah. and yeah, yeah. And it's all over and all good and they can all walk away. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think actually it's one of the smartest tactics that we've seen employed by one of the like antagonists of an episode, yeah. I think. I don't Other think... than the vampires in Dead Man's Blood pretending to be lying dead on the road so that people would pull over. Yeah. And help which them. Although, to be fair, that was less of a stay alive tactic and more of a I want to eat people tactic. No. I think in terms of Regardless, like self deserves respect. Does deserve respect. I think in terms of self-preservation, yeah. this tactic was very clever. 
they just didn't account for Sam, like for the actual, actual person, person to faint and then for Sam to be like, huh, that's kind of weird. How is that going to help it survive? How is that going to help it yeah. survive? Yeah. And then I guess the only possible thing is that you could suggest that it was hoping that they would jump to the conclusion that the corpse and kill was it. The, yeah. Yeah. But even then, like, it's not until the corpse is actually moving that you're like, oh yeah, that's definitely not actually a corpse. Yeah. Um, Whereas if Sherry hadn't fainted. Yes. And they just killed her. Yeah. Like they basically jumped to. Mm. They wouldn't know. Mm. They would think it's all over. We killed the shifter. It's all done. Yeah, exactly. They would then shift from hunting the shifter to escaping the FBI. Escaping the FBI and getting out of the situation. So it's like if the ploy had gone to plan and the brothers, like if Sherry hadn't fainted and the brothers had just assumed it was a shifter pretending to be like innocent, mm-hmm. they would have killed her. And then because it's not like the shifter reverts back to its original form after death. No. There would be no way of them knowing, and if the shifter could just play dead for another, like, ten minutes or so... It'd be fine. Yeah. It'd be fine. They could then take the form of somebody that wasn't dead and just be... Pretend to be, like, one of the hostages mm. that was coming out. I reckon Sherry is going to be in therapy forever. Yeah. Also because they didn't actually, like, explain jack shit to Yeah, her. they just showed her her own corpse, corpse, tried to kill her, and then she passed out. And I assume when she came to, what, Sam helped her out. Yeah. But she was watching her corpse try to kill Dean. Like, what a, what a Friday afternoon to have. You know? Like, Which, it's bad what? enough that you're in a hostage situation, let alone the rest of that shit. Which... I'm sorry, but what time is, like, this meant to be? Like, because it's, like, legit dark, so I'm, like, maybe it's, like, 6 or 7 o'clock at night, but then I was, like, why is a bank still open at 6 or 7 o'clock at night? I thought that, too, and then I thought probably daylight savings when it gets dark at, like, 4.30, 5 o'clock. That's the only thing that I could think, and the reason I think that is because at the moment my TikTok is covered in people in the U.S. complaining about how it's pitch black by 5 p.m., and I'm, like, very confused because we're also in daylight savings right now. And it's currently nice and sunny at 9 p.m. So it's a bit of a weird... <laughs> Just don't tell Cousin Oscar. Yeah, exactly. Don't tell Cousin Oscar. He'll get mad about it. Um, I saw that video come up on my Tumblr the other day and I was like, oh, yes, it's that time of year again. Ah, daylight savings. But, yes, yeah, so I assume it's set in a part of the year that is daylight savings. Or rather, not daylight savings. Not daylight savings. Yeah. yeah. It's set in the part of the year where it gets dark soon. Yeah. Yeah. I am sad that Ron died. Yes. It was a bit of a bummer. Although I do understand why they killed him. Because I think the only other scenario that would have made sense is that he would have been imprisoned. Yeah. Like, there was no way they were Though getting I... him out in a SWAT uniform. Like, he wouldn't have, no. he wouldn't have been able to fake it I don't think he didn't have the like Sam and Dean have like they can pull off the posture and the yeah like they have the training to be able to pull off a SWAT team member yeah but Ron doesn't he's I mean we see throughout the episode like he again like good intentions poor execution I don't think he would have been able to fake it out Um, but also like there is another good version of this episode where he lives and he becomes like 
Yeah. A reoccurring character. Yeah, exactly. He's like, seems really incompetent, but is actually a really decent hunter because he's quite smart. And yeah, he's... and he's obviously very switched on. Yeah. Very um, good at putting puzzle pieces together. Yeah. I am glad, though, that in his death, it wasn't like a... They just kind of moved on. Like, yeah. I appreciated that, like, they took a moment to be like, oh, fuck, like, we lost someone. Yeah. And, like... Even, like, Dean, like, makes a point of speaking to him, even though he knows he's already dead, and yeah. saying, like, hey, like, I'm sorry, man, like, you did a really good job on this one, yeah. but, like, we're going to take care of it now. I was like, that is such, like, they didn't have to include no. that, but I think it was a really lovely, it was a really lovely scene, and I think it it's, does a lot for Dean's character, um, and also it's very respectful of Ron, because he was innocent. Yeah. Like, he is an innocent casualty, and he wasn't even an innocent casualty of the shifter. Like, he was an innocent casualty of the SWAT teams. Yeah. You know. And the SWAT teams are only that gung-ho because they know Dean and Sam are inside. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's a big circle. The FBI would have probably shown up but not been, like, quite as aggressive Mm. if it was just a normal bank robbery. But because they know that Sam and Dean are inside and that Sam and Dean are, like, in their minds – some sort of super criminal who's done all of this fucking shit and managed to evade capture and the law for to be so fair, long. That's kind of accurate. Yeah. <laughs> um, and actually, it's it's quite funny seeing like because obviously we know these characters and we and we know that a lot of the crimes that they are getting blamed for are not actually their crimes; they're monster crimes that they yeah, happen to be in the vicinity in. of, and. Uh, then get sort of blamed for because it's the only rational explanation to anyone who doesn't know that there was like a monster. Yeah, who was doing this? I'm more mean though. Like we know these characters as characters, like yeah. as people, and so we get like Henriksen's description of them to that uh, other officer, and he's talking about how like you know Dean's a monster and like all this and like you know they're. You know, there's a monster inside, and for a minute you're thinking, oh, maybe he knows like a bit about yeah, the but he's talking about but Dean. he's thinking about Dean. But then like we get like the side of Dean where he's like, I like him. He says okie dokie, and it's like this complete <laughs> like there's the the side of them that we know as characters, and there's the side of them that the other characters see, and it's it's very it's a funny dichotomy between like the perception and the reality. I think. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, this idea that, like, even, like, this idea that kind of gets played around within the show, which is, like, Dean is some kind of stone-cold, like, killer and, like, Sam is somehow evil and, you know, with, you know, Gordon, the other episode, you know, talking about yeah. how, like, he's fair game because he's psychic and yeah. and these things. And then they're just completely misguided in their perceptions because they don't know the character. Like, mm-hmm. Sam is, like... He would never hurt a fly if he didn't have to. And Dean is, like, such a mum to, like, everybody. And even, like, like Ellen's perception of, like, them being just like John. Yeah, And, exactly. like, reckless hunters and going to put Joe in, danger. in unnecessary danger and, like, yeah. all that sort of stuff. And it's, like... You wouldn't... They would you never... Clearly... Yeah, exactly. Like... Exactly. And so I think it's really interesting that we have a character, like we were saying before, like, who doesn't... Um, underestimate them. Yeah. But who also still fundamentally doesn't understand them. And yeah. I think it's it's really funny. And it's like, even last episode, you saw, like, Sam takes responsibility for everyone's safety. Oh. If he knows something bad is happening, 
whether he knows any sort of specifics or has any sort of information that he could stop it, mm-hmm. he is now responsible for that. Yeah. Like, yeah. every bad thing that happened in that hotel, he knew something was bad happening at the hotel, so he is therefore responsible for every bad thing that happens at the hotel because he couldn't stop it. Yeah. Like, yeah, and I think that stems <laughs> from Jess because, yeah. like, he had the dreams and he ignored them and then she died. And, like, I think that from that point on, especially now that he knows that something else is going on with the demon and, you know, John was like, oh, you might have to kill him. Like, I think he's really not coping with that. Yeah. Which is fair. And I think that sort of um, thought that, like, I am somehow responsible, like, I'm supposed to be protecting people. That's what I want to use my powers for. And, you know, it's not working. And maybe I'm going to be evil. Like, that sort of approach has become kind of all-encompassing, I think. Yeah. And then, you know, in the same vein, like, Dean's whole thing is that he has to protect everybody, particularly Sam, yeah. you know. And, it, yeah, it's a... But, yeah, I I really love Henriksen, if that hasn't been made abundantly clear. <laughs> um, and I'm very excited. I wasn't kidding when I said the second half of season two is really, like, banger after banger after banger. Like, this is, for me, like... When I started watching the show, I mentioned this to you before we were recording, but I think it's worth mentioning now. Like, when I started watching the show, it was basically at a time in fandom where there was an argument over, like, do you bother watching the first three seasons or do you just start at season four? And I always thought that you should always start from season one personally because I feel like skipping straight to season four is like reading the fifth Harry Potter books versus, like, watching the movie. Like... Skipping straight to season four of Supernatural is like you miss so much of what makes season four and five so good because you haven't done your background research. It's like the same as just watching the fifth Harry Potter movie and never reading the book. Like you just miss so much information that makes it so much better. Like you can't fully appreciate the rest of the series without seeing these first three seasons. But in saying that, if I hadn't been pushing to get to season four... I might not have gone through the whole first season because I think that this point of season two is where it really starts to get consistently good. I think there's like a few standout episodes in season one and like the start of season two. And I really love character analysis. and I love Dean as a character so much that I will happily rewatch the first season and a half. But like, I think just from like someone who's never seen anything and is never really involved in fandom or anything like that, this is probably the point where you can be like, oh, this show is unironically actually good now. Like, and it's actually enjoyable to to consume. I, know. I think the worst thing for me about season one is like, it could have been so good. There is potential there, but it's just, it's structured in such a way that it like, the pacing of the overarching plot is funny. Mm. Like, the introduction of concepts and characters is weird. Like, it's, like, you can... If you had slightly edited some of the episodes and rearranged the order of plot points, that shit could have slapped. Mm. Like, it could have worked so much better as a first season to introduce things. Yeah. But, like, it just... Missed the mark. It just misses the mark. But it's so close. Like, it's got all the ingredients there. It's just, like, you added them in the wrong order. Yeah, you can sense the potential. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, there's, like, something missing. Yeah. It's, it's like you baked a cake, but you forgot, like, the vanilla extract. Like, 
it's such a tiny little detail. But it makes a huge difference. But it makes a huge difference. Yeah. And it's like the other thing that you did wrong was you added your ingredients in the wrong order. Yeah. And so now like you it still tastes ing- okay, but it's like the texture's wrong. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's fine, but it could have been great. They did it again in this episode. They did what again? The sound effects over the fight scene. The fight choreo is really solid, really good. Like the final fight against the shifter when you're looking like Sherry. Uh The choreography of the fight scene is really solid. Mm -hmm. It's really good. It really demonstrates like their fighting styles and like shows a lot of like character and personality through the fighting styles, like in terms of like how Dean sort of like shifty and crafty and he'll use whatever he can use. Like he doesn't really stick to like once. But the sound effects, distractingly bad. I don't know how you notice the sound effects. And if I, for me, like when there's like an action or a fight scene, it's so fast paced for me that I genuinely like don't notice if something is like not timed correctly, unless it's like three second delay bad. Because I'm like so much is going on that I just assume that like I missed it. Do you know what I mean? It just like they've gone over the top with them. You know what I mean? Like. There are so many sound effects in that fight scene. And, like, I understand they're trying to give it, like, weight behind the punches so it, like, so that, like, it hits you sounds as solid, well. Sounds solid, yeah. It sounds solid, but it's, like, they are so comically <laughs> overdone. It's, like, every every blow sounds like it would be enough to knock somebody out. Mm. You know what I mean? And so it's, like, it just, you don't get any variation in the sound effects. So it seems like... Okay, yes, they're going 100% this entire fight, but, like, not every punch is going to hit, like, a haymaker. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's, like, literally every single blow has a sound effect that sounds like the biggest, most impactful hit ever. And it's, like, no fighters like that. Like, Mm -hmm. realistically, no fighters at that. Even if you are, you know, fighting to survive, you're giving it your all, not every blow is going to be, like, this massive, like, oof sort of, like, sound effect. And it's just, it's over the top. It's so ridiculous. It sounds like, like, you know, like, when you're reading a comic book and it goes, like, thwap. It's like, pow. It's like that sort of shit. It's like, that's what it makes me think of. Oh, okay. I am not paying that much attention, clearly. (laughs) Um, One day. One day I will make you notice this. I'm, like, too busy crying over Ron. To, like, notice the <laughs> the pals. The other thing I specifically wanted to point out for this episode is when they're pretending to be the security guards and they're looking at the security footage and Dean zooms in on the butt. Yeah. But, like, it's black and white. You can't see jack shit. It just looks like a blob. I like, know. You can't... I know. The purpose of zooming in on the arse. I know. I Here's the thing. I hate that he did it because I'm like, bro... Ew. But also, I was also thinking that I was like, you can't see anything. You, Those cameras don't have enough definition for you to actually be able to see like anything. You're looking at a rectangle. <laughs> a rectangle like, of that, black. Because does that get you going? Like, oh, do you know what? It looks like the Impala. That's what did it. <laughs> because it's both like black and white and grainy as hell. Like, you can't see jack shit. Yeah. Like, I know that, like, it's supernatural and you can't see jack shit anyway, but, like, yeah, the no. security for, like... It was you, a pointless endeavor. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so they clearly did it just for the joke, but the joke wasn't even funny. 
Yeah, it's just silly. One thing that I... One thing that I did like, moving on from the zooming in on butts, um, <laughs> which I didn't like, but when they come out and they're still wearing their, like, security guard uniforms... Yeah. And Ron is just like, oh my god, it's you! And he's like, yeah, you know. And um, he says to one of the people in one of the hostages in the bank, you know, frisk them down and make sure they don't have any weapons. And Dean's got the like little knife tucked yeah. into his sock. And he's like looking at Sam's like, oh for fuck's sake! And he's like, what? I'm not gonna walk in here naked. And I just thought that was like, quite hey, you funny. have like three layers of clothes on because you've got your yeah. civilian clothes under you. <laughs> Jumps. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you are the furthest from naked, but... Um, yes, no, I just thought it was a funny little... A uh, little bit. And, oh, God. And when they're in the vault and Sherry's talking to Sam and she's like, oh, Dean, he's so brave. And, like, the look on Sam's face is so funny. He's like, yeah. Like, he's just like, I hate this so much. I oh. will say, though... That actually led me to a theory in my brain of, like, what if Sherry was the shifter? I think the reason it didn't feel like her being, like, in awe and, like, you know, enamored enamored with Dean is, like, no woman in the middle of a bank robbery would be like that. Yeah. (laughs) That's just not something that I think any woman I have ever met in my entire goddamn life would be like. So tell me about your brother while we're locked in this vault with my crazy man with a gun. Yeah, no. Uh, So that seemed to me, like, just, I think it felt like she was trying to work out who they were and what they were doing there when it became clear that they were not just... Security. Random security guards. And so I thought, oh, she's the shifter because she's trying to work out what they know about her. Mmm. That is interesting. I would have thought that maybe she's the shifter and is, like, going the angle of, like, I'll seduce him to get him alone and then murder him. Yeah, see, that's not... But, no, I do like your theory. It it felt like she was fishing for information. Yeah, I guess so. And it is weird to me in hindsight that it turns out she wasn't... Well, she was fishing for information, but not because she was, like, the shifter, but just because she was genuinely enamoured with somebody in the middle of a bank hostage situation. I mean, it's probably just, like, a bit of a red herring. Yeah. Like, they probably intended for you to, like, assume that she was going to be a bit more, like, plot important. And I guess she was by the end of it, but... um... Also, at that point, like, she wasn't the shifter. I kind of wish... To move on from that. Yeah. I kind of wish... That they hadn't started the episode in basically the same way they started Skin. Yeah, actually. Because it's like, they've already pulled that trick of, like, making it look like Dean is committing a horrible crime, but it's not really him. He's Mm. in an impossible situation. Like, if they had done it for an episode that wasn't a shifter, different Mm. story. But because, like, your two episodes about shifters start the exact same way... Just a bit like, eh, probably could have done without, you know? I didn't mind it. They were different enough scenarios for yeah. me. Well, like, you're right. It's this. It's essentially the same. Like, it's an episode about a shifter. Dean's being framed for a crime that he's not really guilty of. Like, he's there for unrelated reasons, but obviously that's not what it looks like. But because, like, one scene was, like, a home invasion turned torture murder scene, and one is, like, 
somehow he's involved in like a bank robbery and there's hostages and mm. police and all sorts of and like camera crews involved. Like it was enough of a different environment and like setting and overall plot. Yeah. Where it didn't like it didn't bother me. Like I actually quite enjoyed the start. I liked seeing Dean's face, like his terrified face on the news, like, oh no, there's cam that's bad, you know? And I liked the uh I liked the scene where the news reporter was talking about what was going on and then, you know, we get to see the as the camera like moves and like see Dean come out. I quite liked that. It felt something uh it felt like something we haven't seen really before in the show like a little bit more of a um like we got the public's view yeah um i think it would have almost been better to start in the heist and like move forward from the heist and then sort of like backtrack backtrack a bit more like they did with like the usual suspects Mm. versus like sort of just going oh we're gonna show you this snippet where dean looks guilty and then we're gonna go back and tell you the story from the start yeah I wish they could kind of added context in as they went instead of being like, like I just think it would have been a more interesting episode structure versus doing the exact same thing they did for Skin. Yeah, like I understand why you would want like a little bit more of like a different structure to Skin. Yeah, but I feel like though I feel like you could almost even do the same structure of Skin, but if you had started on Ron being like, "This is not a bank robbery," start on that scene, like. Ron being like, this is not a bank robbery, and then Sam and Dean coming out and him being like, you. Yeah, actually. I think that would have, for me, made it, like, just that little bit more different. Yeah. So that it it didn't remind me so heavily of Skin. Because, like, at the end of the day, that's, like, I got Skin vibes from this entire episode, and I just was kind of wanting something new from the episode. And I understand they're both about shifters, so, like, they're going to inherently have similar vibes, but also, like... They've had two million episodes about ghosts at this point, and they all have different vibes. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that you make a good point. It would have been really fun to have the opening scene be, or like the before the title card scene, be Ron just screaming, "This is not a robbery!" Because what a bizarre way to open the episode, mm. and then you'd be like, "What is going?" And you on? you would also think in your brain, like, "Oh, Ron is the villain." Well, potentially, yeah. but, like, him yelling, this is not a robbery, like, I think if I saw that, I would just be confused. Yeah. Which is almost, like, a good way to start it when it's an episode about a shifter, and, like, yeah. the point is you don't really know who's who and what's going yeah. on. So, yeah, and even, like, they wouldn't even necessarily have to show, like, Sam and Dean. They could just show clips from him, like, organising the hostages or, like, yeah. putting them in the vault. Like, you wouldn't even necessarily need to know how Sam and Dean were involved. No. Um, I think that could have been, yeah... One other way they could have... I think, realistically, that is probably the only other way they could have introed the episode that wouldn't have been more confusing. Yeah. Um, but I do think it would have been it would have been very fun to see it that way. Okay. What do you think my PSA is going to be this week, Bethany? It's that time of the oh. episode. Oh. I hate this part. I can never think of it. Um, I always immediately forget everything that happened as soon as you ask me. It's not my fault. You do this to me all the time, though. You're like, what did you rate this episode? What do you think happened? Like, stop asking me questions. If you don't like me asking you questions, you don't get to ask me questions. Mm. All is fair, Bethany. Is your PSA about gun safety? No. Okay. (laughs) 
close. What's your PSA? But no cigar. My PSA this week is don't take weapons into a bank. You're just asking for bloody trouble. Like, last time I checked, people don't people don't think you're not robbing the place when you take weapons into a bank. Like, Yeah, look, if someone walked into a bank and they were holding, I mean, like, here it's very unlikely they'd be holding a gun, but, like, yeah. I don't know, like a... A knife or something. A knife is the only thing I can think of. Like, if someone walked in where, with a hammer, I probably wouldn't think much of it because I'd be like, oh, maybe they just bought a hammer. Like, <laughs> I'm just trying to think of a scenario where I'm standing in a bank and I think that it's about to be robbed. And I genuinely can't think of one. Like, because in every bank robbery I've ever seen depicted or heard about, there's always been a gun involved. And I, for my life, cannot imagine... Someone who is not, like, someone who is a civilian yeah, in public holding a gun. Yeah. It's not an image that I can compute in my brain. Like, I'm struggling to imagine it. I can imagine a police officer having a gun in a bank just because they have them. Mm. But no. So, generally speaking, taking a weapon into a bank and... Brandishing it around not does book. not give the impression that this is not a robbery. Yeah, and it doesn't instill confidence in your sanity. Sanity either. No. Yeah. Well, look, that was certainly a PSA. It um, was. I don't know how applicable it is to most people, but look, you've had less applicable ones, so it's and fine. I've had more applicable ones. Like they all <laughs> even out in the end. It's um, about the averages. If that was everything for today. Yeah, I'm all, I'm all done. Yeah, I'm cool. all finished. How would you rate this episode out of five? I'm going to give it three and a half stars out of five. Ooh, less than playthings. Yes. But more than most other episodes. Yeah. Still a really <laughs> solid episode, but there were just like some little bits and bobs that I was like, eh, not big on them, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like the sound effects and the fight scenes and like the overall episode structure was a bit like, eh, not my favourite. Yeah. Um, the next episode is called Houses of the Holy. Do you have any thoughts, feelings, predictions, fears? I think at least a portion of this episode will take place in a church. That's fair. A house of the holy. I can see where your brain's going with that. Yeah. yeah. I have a feeling, given the demonic elements of the overarching plotline, and the fact we're getting into the second half of the second season, uh-huh. we're going to start seeing some more stuff about the overarching plot. Okay. Considering demonic, angels, religious, that sort of vibe. jazz yeah. vibe. think we're going to start getting some more of that. But I don't have any other, like, really specific, pos- like, positions in my brain of, like, where this is going. Yeah. I think that's fair. It's definitely not a very uh, evocative title. Like, it gives you some ideas, but it's not, like, I don't know, fucking play things. Whereas, like, <laughs> what else could it or be Or Night Shifter. Or Night Shifter. Like, yeah. You know, we've just come off to pretty, like, they give you a lot of context clues versus, like, Houses of the Holy. It's, like... The Benders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It gives you, like, some idea, but it's, like, not... Nothing really specific. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So if you would like to interact with us any more than just listening to us ramble on for about an hour every week, you can always find Jamie over on Twitter at DriverPixPod. Um, I think it would be very fun for you to send her examples of Doctor Who antagonists that would be great supernatural Monster of the Week episodes. I think that would be very fun. 
how Sam and Dean would come up against the Daleks, I would love to know. I mean, I don't think they could, but Doctor Who Supremacy. Look, they're scrappy. They'd figure something out. you got to wonder if um, Dean could make a sonic screwdriver out of a wall. <laughs> he probably could. And if you want to interact with Bethany, you can find her over on Tumblr at Driver Picks the Podcast. And I think we've established she's a hoe for Bed Endland episodes. <laughs> so, like, send her your favourites. Which one tops out as the most Ben Endland? Oh, yes, please. Let's talk about Ben Endland. I'm very, very happy to do that. Um, anyway, thank you so much for listening. And hopefully we'll have you back next week. Bye. Bye. Oh, <laughs> the mandroid. <laughs>